0: Hey Kai Alpha, I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight about one of my favorite spiritual disciplines, which is the discipline of study. So, a lot of you guys know I just graduated with my master's degree, and to tell you how much I like to study, it took me all of three weeks to hit the place where I was ready to crack open a book again that had nothing to do with like fun reading and wasn't just my devotional Bible time, but like three weeks time, I was like ready to start studying about something again. So this is something that I just really enjoy, but I feel like there's a lot that we can learn about study. Like any of the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about, um, the purpose of these disciplines is that we be totally transformed by them. So as we partake of these disciplines, we're transformed as a person and they aim at replacing old destructive habits with new healthy ones that will help us to live life to the full and live life for God. So the discipline of study is one of the clearest examples of this. So to give us a few scriptures for reference of this, the first is Romans 12, 2. And in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good good. And acceptable, and perfect. And so we read the word so that our mind is transformed. We re- renew our mind as we study. Um, the second scripture is this. It's Philippians 4.8. And in Philippians 4.8, it tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. And so we're encouraged to think about things that are good and lovely. And study is the way that we think about these things. It's the primary way that, we, that God uses to help us think about these things as it's talking about there. So part of the reason for study is many Christians, they stay in bondage to fear, to anxiety, to sin. And I'm not p- talking about people who say they're Christians, but I'm talking about people who may really go to church, may really worship, maybe really spend time like reading and serving, but they stay in bondage simply because they don't apply themselves to the discipline of study and they're not transformed. Um, Cause they haven't engaged in this thing that God uses to change us most. Um, in John 8:32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the way that we know the truth is through study. Um, so something we do uh, to help our minds move in a specific direction is study and so we'll always be deeply changed when we study whether we study a book whether we study nature whether we look at the bible or we think about current events when we um think about these things and we really think deeply and study them deeply and draw conclusions about them it creates change within us and so in the old testament the israelites were commanded to talk about the law of God, to write it in um, scrolls that they would put on their foreheads and their wrists, there to talk about it at dinner with their children and their community. And the point of this is that they would, um, over and over and over, direct their minds towards different truths about God and about what God says about human relationships. And what we study, um, it determines the habits that will form. Or as my pastor says, you become what you think about. So if you think about something a lot, if you meditate on it, if you are constantly drawn to that in your mind, that's what you become. And so study is different than meditation. I know a few weeks ago we talked about the discipline of meditation and you're like that had to do with reading the Bible. And so what's the difference with study? Well, meditation is more of a devotional study. So um, when we meditate, we will like relish a word, where study is more analytical. So when we study, we're going to find out what that word means. And meditation and study a lot of times overlap, but they're different things and they're different disciplines. And we want to get good at both. Um, so Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, he says, the principal task of study is a perception into reality of a given situation, encounter, book, or anything that we may study. We can go through a major crisis, for example, without any careful perception of the real nature of the tragic situation. But if we carefully observe, reflect upon what occurred, we can learn a great deal. And so he's saying that we really need to like slow down and think deeply when we study, because that's what's gonna help us to draw conclusions and that's gonna gonna help us to change. And so there's four steps when it comes to study, right? The first is repetition, the second is concentration, the third is comprehension, and the fourth is reflection. And so we're going to talk about each of those for a second. In repetition, it involves just what you would think, so focusing your mind on the same thing over and over and over and developing thought habits. And this is why it's really important that we pay attention to what we watch and what we read and what we heal. Here, Um, It's a big deal to pay attention to those things because if we're constantly directing our mind to negative things, that's going to have a negative influence on us. If we're constantly directing our mind through repetition to things that are good and lovely and pure, like that verse in Philippians said, then it's going to change us for the good. Um, So there's repetition. The second one is concentration. So if we concentrate on what we're studying, we increase our learning. So this is like sometimes you can fly through a book really fast um, and and not really think about it deeply and we don't really learn anything Um, and honestly our culture most of us live really distracted lives and so when we cause ourselves to focus and concentrate we're really going to increase how much we learn through study Um, comprehension is um, not just knowing the truth but the significance of of knowing the truth and being changed by it so it will set us free And so we need to, like, really comprehend what we study so that we can be changed by that knowledge. And then reflection, if comprehension involves understanding, then reflection has to do with the significance of what we study. So it helps us see things from God's perspective and consider what God thinks about these things and then decide how that's going to influence our lives. And so... Along with those four steps, study requires humility. It requires that we come to a text or a situation, and as we study it, we're willing to admit that, like, God in this book, in the Bible, he knows more than me. And so I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to expect him to speak to me and change me through it. If I come at the Bible or any other book already having my mind made up, that's, not going to be humble and I'm not going to be changed because I'm not willing to be changed by what I read so we want to come at things um humbly and willing to learn and willing to be influenced them and willing to change um so books for me sometimes many times I've said books are my best friends I read an author a lot and I'm like oh my friend A.W. Tozer I never met Tozer when he was alive right but I've read so many of his works that I feel like he's become a friend to me um But here's the thing, a lot of times people think that studying a book is simple, right? You pick it up, you read it, you studied. Um, But it's not really so. We need to really do a few things to think deeply about the book as we study it to get something through it. Um, So this is like kind of, if you breeze through the thing for class and then you show up to class and like, you don't even remember what you read. Um, that's not study, right? That's You did the reading so you can get the check mark if the professor requires the reading, but you didn't really study it. So some rules on how to study a book that are really helpful is first we need to understand the book. So we need to look at what is the author saying? Then we need to interpret what we read. So we need to like ask not just what is the author saying, but what does he mean? What does she mean by these words, right? Next, we need to evaluate the book. So is the writer right or wrong? Luckily with the Bible, um, it's always true and right. But sometimes when we pick up another book, the author might be wrong, but we can still learn something from that. Um, And then last, we might need other aids for better understanding, such as other books or discussions with others or life experience. These things will all aid us in learning through what we read and what we studied. And one of my favorite ones is discussion. Actually, just for a fun story, I'll tell you about this. The first Bible study I ever taught was completely unintentional. I was on my first ever mission trip at a Choctaw Indian reservation where we were living on kids and teenagers for a week. And I was out in the hall one evening and I was trying to have my own personal devotional time and and read the Bible. And I was in the book of Malachi and my friends kept interrupting me. And I love my friends, but they kept interrupting me and kept interrupting me. And so finally, I was really exasperated. And I said, go get your Bibles and sit down and help me study. Um, so they went and got their Bibles. I don't know why they listened, to what they did. And I, like when they all came back, I was like, so I'm in Malachi 1. And so everybody opened their, their Bibles to Malachi 1. And we like slowly would read through it. We'd read a chapter and then we'd go back verse by verse and we'd just talk about like, hey, what do you think this means? And like what do you think Malachi meant by this? And as we went through and we all discussed it, it really helped me to understand scripture. So it was like a really cool way to learn that, like, discussion helps me learn when I read scripture. But it was also completely funny because it was it was impromptu and not planned, and um and it was really like neat because we continued to try and get together and study the Bible after that when we were back from the mission trip. But it was like totally an unintentional um, start of a Bible study group. Um. So, like we're talking about Bible study, the first and most important book that we study is the Bible. We come to Scripture and we expect to be changed by it. We don't just want to store up information, but we want to be changed by it. Second um, 2 Timothy 3:16 says this: all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So as we study scripture, we need to place a high priority on an interpretation and figuring out what this passage means. And then in meditation, we'll focus on application. We'll, we'll think about well, what does this passage mean for me? Cause often when we read scripture, we skip straight to the application and we're like, Ooh, what do I think this means? But first we need to figure out what the author meant, right? And then figure out how to apply that to our lives. So we don't want to like skip that interpretation step um, Richard Foster says when we study a book of the Bible, we're seeking to be controlled by the intent of the author. We're determined to hear what he is saying and not what we want him to say. And so that's really important that we don't go to scripture and like hope that God will speak this to us, but that we really figure out what the scripture means first and then apply it to our lives. And one way that I found was really helpful to do that is something I learned in seminary. Um, and it's called the Bridge to Understanding. And so the picture is, um, it's like a word picture of somebody trying to get from one town across a, a bridge that crosses a river to another town. And so in step one, we're going to grasp the text that we read in the Bible in their town. So we're going to figure out what did this mean to the people whom it was originally written, right? So if you're reading Exodus, who was Exodus written to? What did it mean to them, right? Step two. Um, step two is going to be measuring the width of that river that we're trying to cross. So what are the differences between the biblical audience and us? What are the difference between maybe the Israelites during the Exodus and, and beyond that and us today in Memphis, Tennessee or whatever city you're in for the summer, right? And then step three is going to be to cross that bridge. So what is the theological principle in this text, Right. So that's a lot of big words. What is the timeless meaning of this text that I just studied? Like what is, if I look at it, like what is the timeless truth that is in this text? The fourth one is we're going to consult the biblical map. So we're going to look at our map and say, which way do I go? Is it across this bridge? And so we're going to consider how does this passage that I read of the Bible fit into the whole of scripture? And then fifth, we're going to grasp the text in our town because we've crossed the bridge to our town so how should individual christians today live out these theological principles like right how should we live this timeless truth that we read in scripture after we understand what it meant to the original people but um that was so helpful to me in interpreting scripture rightly because sometimes i too struggle with like reading it and being like oh god i bet you mean this to me it's like well what did it mean to the, the original people first and then i can figure out truly what it means to me and when I learned this, I went back and realized I have completely misinterpreted some scriptures for a very long time because I didn't do this. And so like we're all learning, we're all in the process, but I really encourage you to try and do that as you read scripture. Um, so like in saying that's how I read scripture, here is a challenge. Y'all read the Bible, read the Bible. Um, one of the things that Christians need to do in this day and in this time the most it is simply to read large portions of scripture. Um, because how can we say that we serve God and we live by the Bible if we do not know what is inside the Bible, right? I've heard so many people say, well, I live by scripture. I live my life by the word of God. And sometimes if you follow up that statement to, oh, cool, you've read the whole thing. People are like, no, I don't read it. Okay, well, how can you say you live by scripture if you don't know what scripture says? We really, really, really need to know what's in this book. Um, so We want to see what God's word says. There's like two ways to do this. And I would really encourage you during this time that we have kind of like a very different summer, right? To take times and like read scripture and really dig into it and learn from it. Um, The first thing you could do is you could consider taking a major book of the Bible like Genesis or Exodus or Jeremiah or one of the gospels like Luke and um, read it all the way through. Right from from start to finish of that Bible book, and then um, you may have some parts where you're like, I don't know what this means, right? So like maybe stick like you a post it note there and come back to it later. But just read it all the way through so you get the the preview of the whole thing, and then go back and study study those difficult passages. Or you may take a shorter book of the Bible, right? Like First John, right, or, or something like that, and take that shorter um, book of the Bible and you know first john james there's tons of them in the new testament and read that that shorter book of the bible every day for a whole month like over and over and over and then like maybe journal the different things that you learn as you read it over and over and over because as we repeat things new things stand out to us and we start to to understand it more we start to see the whole perspective more and and things will jump out at us and we can really learn that way And so in addition to reading scripture, which you guys, please, please read scripture, um, is read the classics. There are tons of Christian classics out there that you can read. And um, these can be like Confessions of St. Augustine or Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan or like a more modern classic like Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer or Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. There's tons of classics out there. And the thought isn't to read a lot right? But to read, to learn. And so we don't just want to be like, well, I read this and this and this and this and this classic, and I'm well read. That's not what we're going for. But sometimes those early um, church fathers and, and some of the mothers, like they have some really good insights that we can learn from. And so we want to look at those to help us grow in our Christian walk. Um, and then there's other things to study. We can look at uh, observing events and things and actions And we can learn quite a bit when we stop and we prayerfully consider these things with the lord and we ask the lord to show us through his eyes um so i challenge you this this summer to take time to study god's word really study god's word take the bible out and read it see what it says pick a book and dig deeper into what it really means and find out what it means in, in the book to the original people and find out what it means for you. And I guarantee that your life will be changed through that study. And so I encourage you to do it. I love you guys.